This is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. First of all, thanks again for appearing on our podcast, Why We Plan. Tell me a little bit about your exit planning and transition planning practice and and what you know urged you on to be to start doing planning for business owners. John, first of all, thanks so much for having me on your show. It's great to be speaking with you. And yeah, I'd love to share a bit about my story and what I do to help business owners. And my my quick background, just really three things led me to uh, exit planning and, and value creation work with business owners. The first thing is I have about 20 years of experience in go-to-market roles as an operator and running with different companies, big and small. That means startups, that means, you know, Fortune, you know, Fortune 500 companies and everything in between. And that led me eventually to a CEO position for a privately held company. I was running one of the subsidiaries. So this was a third generation privately held business. They had, they had private equity investment, but the family was, was uh, the majority shareholder. And my exposure to the board governance and how things um, you know, were looked at for succession planning was that I was, I was part of that long-term succession plan. You know, that was part of the vision, and, uh, which was really exciting for me. And as, as things go, sometimes plans change. Uh-huh. And the company was strategically acquired by a Fortune 10 company or Fortune, Fortune 15 company. Um, everyone knows that delivers packages. And it's, it was a very exciting process, but it was a big change. And going through that, uh, my next step after I left, after the integration, uh, I joined a private equity firm. And then I got further exposure to doing deals. Now, this time, these were really small entities, but I was on... Uh, continuing my, um, you know, my, my track of, of due diligence and understanding, you know, how do we create value through tuck-ins, et cetera. And then the third thing was a stint with a, a law firm. And so I got an appreciation, I was running business development, but I got an appreciation for the professional services process of collaboration and working with other, uh, other professionals on behalf of the client in a collaborative way. And so the key there was uh, one of the accounting firms I had uh, been networking with had mentioned that they were creating an exit planning practice. And I wanted to learn more about that. And mm-hmm. so as I look back on the, really these three things kind of in sequence led me to where I am today, which is my firm is called small dot big, small D-O-T. So dots, connecting the dots. And so I help, I help business owners connect their dots with their transition and their future. So, that, I mean, it's a very interesting background, but now I assume that you're dealing with, for the most part, smaller entrepreneurial type companies where the owners don't have the support that a large firm has in terms of advisors, decades of experience, yet they want to exit their businesses. So what do you do to help them develop a plan and implement, implement a plan to, to lead their businesses. Yeah, correct. I do focus on the lower middle market. 
And many of these firms are, as you said, they may not have a full robust management team, but what I try to do as an advisor is meet them where they are. And so it does start with an assessment for both their business readiness for a transition. It may not Mm -hmm. be to sell the company. And I I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about is, well, what are those transition options? And really, what is their future vision? You know, what are the things that that might be pulling them towards something new as opposed to sort of waiting for something to happen? So this, where it starts part, right, is, is two parts. One is the business readiness of where the business is today on a variety of levels. And then where are they personally? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important, John, because so many people, they're just not thinking about leaving their position. You know, they've been in this role, their name's on the door, that's so tied in with their identity to own a business. There's a difference also, I think, between owning a business and being a business owner. Um, I think there, there can be more of a separation but it's really important to talk about and get an understanding of, especially for new relationships, where are they along that continuum? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you meet an owner that wants to exit, but they don't know what to do, they're not sure, maybe they don't know you well, you haven't been working with them. How do you, how do you approach in a conversation the importance to plan for their future? And, and then what action do you take uh, to kind of cement that thought in their minds? Yeah, I think, oh, go ahead, sorry. I was okay. gonna say that's often, the, one of the biggest problems we find, our members find in, uh, who are members of BEI is getting the attention of owners who know they need to do something, but it's difficult to engage them in that planning process. So it's a you... great question because it's it's the classic, uh, what are the excuses today? Yeah. I have a number of people that are in the, I'm too busy to do this camp. And, you know, we, we have to be savvy in pointing out that that's exactly the problem, right? Is that there's always mm-hmm. something that's preventing them from doing probably some of the most important work that needs to be done, that really needs their attention. But of course, it's, you know, if we go back to our, our Stephen Covey, you know, with, um, is it urgent or important? And if the phone, you know, the classic, the phone rings, it's not urgent, not important, but you answer it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's the not urgent, but very important that we're not making the time for. So yeah, do I have the perfect solve for that? No, I don't. I mean, I'll be you know authentic about that. It's a challenge, I think, for, for me as well with talking to people, whether they're current clients or prospects. So what I try very hard to do, John, is I try to meet them where they are. If it's mm-hmm. their time in a month, how much time can they dedicate to it? Then I'm flexible on that. You know, mm-hmm. some people are very prescriptive of, oh, well, we need to meet this amount of time. And and I, and, I, and I appreciate the frequency I do because I think it helps keep momentum. But at the same time, we're human. I mean, one of my clients, her, you know, her mother died. And, um, you know, you can't just keep, <laughs> keep going and you have to give <laughs> her a break. Put that on pause, and, yeah. <laughs> you have to put it on pause. And, you know, there's graduations from high school and college and there's people selling homes and something's always in the way. But what I try to do is bring it back to a strategic focus. So when I kick off a relationship, I really try to get to the goals. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. really try to understand their personal goals. And people don't usually use the word exit, I find, you know, they'll say other things, you know, maybe they would like to step back from running the company day to day. Mm -hmm. And they talk about that, they'll say, yeah, I'd like to have somebody else, you know, running it and managing the team. And where they'll say things like, um, yeah, my vision is I want to be a consultant to my company in the future. Mm-hmm. I want to work part-time for my business and, and less involved day-to-day. And mm-hmm. I don't come into an engagement knowing the answer. I pretty much know no answers. I'm just here. I call myself a transition Sherpa that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to really listen and guide you through a process that gets you not only to where you're going to be happy, but along the way, we're helping you create options and how we're helping you create options is because we're helping you create value. Um, if someone's like, I want to sell my business tomorrow, that's a different conversation. But typically, you know, and I think what you and I are talking about here are people who are maybe, you know, three to five years away, seven years away, that kind of thing. It's rare for someone who's kind of 10 years out to be, I've found anyway, to be re- really ready to talk about this. It's when there's some something that's saying to them that they're starting to get ready. They know their management team's not ready or they don't have a management team or there's some gap in the organization. And so back to your other question of how do I, how do I work with them? Well, I start with a diagnostic. I've, I've licensed uh, my back office, if you will, from, from the value builder system. And I know there's some amazing platforms out there and I'm, and I, and I just mentioned this as, you know, as a mm-hmm. tool, there are many tools and obviously BEI has some amazing tools as well. Um, but regardless of which tool you use, I think it's important to begin with that, you know, begin with the strategy. What are the goals? What is their mm-hmm. personal mission? Do they, you know, they, have they articulated that for themselves in some way? It doesn't have to be formal and written down, but can they articulate it? And if not, I've got to try to bring it out of them and I can bring so, it out of them in a variety of ways. So when the owner says, yeah, Lori, I'd like to leave in five years because that's pretty much what most owners say. I'd like to leave within five years. And then next year, again, it's, I would like to leave in five years. It's that rolling five-year plan. Uh, They never really start to get serious until they feel they need to exit within maybe one or two years, it seems like. So what, what do you do to motivate or educate the owner of the need to start planning years in advance of when they plan to exit. Uh, are, do you have other tools, marketing tools, discussion templates, anything like that to demonstrate to the owner the ner- the need to plan well before their exit? In most cases, I mean, some owners are ready to go now and their businesses are great, but that's not the typical business that we encounter. Yeah, I think education is really important. A lot of business owners are, and rightly so, especially over this last year, have been focused on the here and now and kind of shoring up the balance sheet, reducing any operational risks that they had, you know, score, you know, securing PPP loans and all of those things. And once that crisis sort of felt like, okay, we've gotten that under, under control. Now it, it became, what's the new business as usual? And so from that perspective, there's some owners that are feeling more ready because they went through recession and, you know, 2008, 2009, perhaps they, you know, also had their business during 9-11 
And so, yeah. you know, this is now the third time around in what was very difficult perhaps for their business and thinking about where they want to be. So for those folks, uh, also potentially their age, if they're in their sixties, let's say, I don't think it's necessarily about education of um, what is, I mean, certainly people want to know what the process is because maybe Mm -hmm. they've never been through it, but there's a couple of examples I can think of where for them, it's more about Um, well, what's my business worth today? And in some of those scenarios, it was more about, hey, immediately, let's let's just do a quick estimate of value, right? It's not a certified business valuation Mm -hmm. where you're going to pay $5,000. It was, um, you know, a little more of a sense of, hey, this is the ballpark. And if they are working with a wealth manager who's going to help them think through, well, if I'm no longer in my business and I'm no longer drawing this, you know, seller discretionary earnings <laughs> and uh, yeah. what does that mean for me and the lifestyle I want to lead? And then there's probably a gap. And so I find that gap as to be a really big opportunity. Um, I, you, your firm has a wonderful survey. I just want to mentioned one of the statistics that really jumped out to me. It's your, your BEI business owner survey from 2019. And the question is, what's standing in the way of your exit? And the number one answer, I know you know the answer, John, <laughs> but the number one answer was 33% said they need to improve the business first. That is, right. you know, for me and my mission in a nutshell of how I got started in this is like, Let's work on that. Let's really help get your business ready because Mm -hmm. that's probably in the process of us as humans, right? When they're involved in getting their business ready for sale, they inherently will become more ready. It's kind of like, well, why, why in nature, you know, for humans, does it take nine months to give birth, to get ready to give birth? Well, (laughs) they're getting you ready. There's a reason for it. And and it just makes logical sense. And it's the same thing here. It's a major emotional process as well as financial and um, operational process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're exactly right. It's a long process. Uh, owners have take different various paths. You, you just need to begin an engagement process or even maybe a, a preliminary to an engagement process on understanding where the owner's coming from, what they want, and then, you know, what do they have? What, what are the resources available? And that's the whole gap analysis that, that we spend a lot of time on determining what the gap is because that for, for many business owners, once they understand there's a $5 million gap in what they need to have in order to exit on their terms, that is very motivating. And they're willing to talk with our members about different ways of growing the value. And again, that, that's usually a multi-year process. So in terms of your, your marketing to, the, to business owners and, and probably to advisors to business owners, how do you approach that, Lori? What tools do you use uh, to get in front of a business owner? I use a variety of tools, John. I'm, I'm still experimenting as we all are. And mm-hmm. I can say I've had some success in some areas and I've had some not so much success in other areas. I'm happy to share what hasn't worked uh, as well as what has. Um, I do a mix of things. You know, I think because of my marketing background, uh, digital marketing especially, it's made me much more comfortable in the medium of Mm -hmm. content creation. 
And so that's where I really started was I saw it as, let's go to the basics. Who are my audiences? And from the get-go, I recognized that I had two primary audiences. One is business owners, for sure, right? Mm -hmm. I want to reach them. And the other, as equally important in this process, are influencers, or what I say, I call them COIs or centers of influence. Mm-hmm. And, and COIs are uh, professionals who support business owners in this journey. And so that's uh, the groups that we've been talking about, the, the lawyers, the accounting firms, the wealth managers, but it also might be others that we might not think of as commonly, could be uh, fractional CFOs who are consultants uh, or HR professionals. Mm-hmm. And so we're all orbiting this space but we're in different swim lanes. And so how do we support each other in this process? So because of the, uh, the background that I had shared, right, where I already had this mentality, I was already coming in with this, with this concept, plus with my background as a, um, a business leader, somebody who's been in the C-level uh, for a lot of years, I thought, okay, I have a unique position in that I'm going to focus on the value creation side first. Mm-hmm. And then I've been working my way into those other processes, right? That get us to an exit. And if it's a sale, then I'll also, you know, represent them as an intermediary or if it's a buy side also. So, so back to the audience. So there's two, all right. And then I thought, okay, what can I do to get started? I have a, I would call a cold start problem. You know, I have a cold start Mm -hmm. problem. No one knows what I'm doing. They know me, but they don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily banging down my door. So how do I get awareness? I started with awareness. And to generate awareness, I wanted to provide value. I just, you, to me, it's, I don't want to just say, I'm selling this. This is what I do. Call me, right? I'm, I wanted mm-hmm. to put something of value, something educational value into the, into the ecosystem so that things could come back to me, right? So that people could start to say, ah, okay, this is what you're doing. I want to partner with you or... I have a recommendation of who you might talk to. And I created a podcast. <laughs> um, you did? I did. Wow. I what a great a idea. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a funny story. And I ended up launching it right at the beginning of the pandemic. And of course, nobody knew that was going to happen. But I had, um, as somebody had said to me once, a friend of mine, you should have a show, Lori. You, you're really good at asking questions and digging into things. And John, you've been a guest on my show and you did an amazing job and we had a great conversation. So I created a show called Succession Stories and the, the, who would listen includes, of course, the business owner, right? The person that's thinking about succession of their company, Mm -hmm. but then also it was meant to be inclusive of others that I would collaborate with as COIs. So that was by design. And yep. guests on the show, you know, include people from those different categories. And so that was sort of step one. And putting the show out there, people got to see, oh, wait, Lori's doing something completely different. What is she doing? And then how can I learn from it? And that's the idea of the shows, kind of like yours, right? You could pick it up at any time and learn something. Mm-hmm. So the podcast became kind of a seminal foundation. And then using that as a tool for... Um, that what I call this value collaboration, right? If, if I have a wealth manager on my show, and this is a real example, I had a wonderful wealth manager on my show. And um, 
it wasn't immediate. It wasn't like the next month I called him up, but it was probably, I don't know, seven, eight months later. And I said, Hey, I just wanted to check in and maybe we can partner. And he said, absolutely. And he's been absolutely amazing. It's premature to announce what we're going to do, but I'll just say generally, there's a wonderful collaboration we have going uh, with myself, his firm, a wealth management firm, and a M&A attorney. And we're planning all kinds of things in terms mm-hmm. of webinars together, blog articles together, um, and, and things to educate business owners. And that came about 100% because of, the, because of my podcast. That's great. You know, I, you made, really made a good point in that it takes time to get known by owners and by their advisors in this world. I mean, it's easy to communicate because we've, we're communicating now, I thought 1500 miles apart and it's instantaneous. But the thing is, everybody can do that and everybody is doing that. So it's really important to differentiate yourself in the marketplace as you're doing. I mean, I think that's the major focus of what you're doing. Uh, and but then you have to really be consistent. You have to have a system that produces good content and it is delivered often to the community you want to serve. And that's where, you know, as an old lawyer, I mean the old the old cliche was you have a thousand breakfasts, you kiss a hundred and fifty pigs. Uh, to get a client and you do that pretty successfully and pretty soon you get too busy to do do that. Uh, you're working with clients and suddenly now you have to start the process all over again from scratch. That is kind of the history I think of professional advisors and and business development. And what you're doing is different. I mean, it's, you're basing your marketing efforts in part upon the, this podcast and developing a team of other advisors. It, it sounds like it's going well. And so let me ask you, based on all of that, what would you recommend to the advisors out there? What, what should they be doing to, to have the type of success you're having? I think starting with thinking about the audience, right? Get to, get to that point of who are you trying to reach? And Think about it in concentric circles. If it's the bullseye, you know, who's the exact target? And we're all probably going to say the business owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, how can we define that a little deeply, more deeply? Is it by industry? Is it by geography? Is it by gender or whatever, you know, characteristics you want to give it, size of company, et cetera. It's this, it's this kind of, you know, marketing approach to, well, who do we want to, re- marketing and sales, uh, who do we want to, who is our audience? And figuring out where they are. So the other thing that I've done, John, is I've created a workshop that I'm delivering to Vistage. If you're familiar with Vistage and hopefully the audience is as well. Uh, It's a national organization. Um, Actually, it's global, excuse me. And in the US, uh, there's a significant number of chapters. And so I became a certified national Vistage speaker. And I'm not saying that that's for everyone, Okay, but I'm just sharing it as an example because I needed a way to reach that audience directly. And I thought it'd be a, a good uh, support of my mission, which is education, uh, as well as um, a way, you know, providing value, but also then mm-hmm. 
for people to get to know me in a different way. So the podcast is, you know, at a distance and I don't know who's listening, right? But here, if I can get in front of people, whether it's virtual or in person, yeah. we can make more of a connection. So that's why I pursued the workshop. I also have delivered workshops to EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization, if you're familiar with EO. And I have a relationship with YPO too. So I think for, for that, there's, you know, many wonderful organizations out there, mm -hmm. uh, business um if we, you can get in front of business owners and how, however is, is, is meaningful and relevant for you, but that's kind of where I'd start. And the other, the other audience, of, of course, as we've talked about here is the influencer audience. And so I would encourage your advisors to think about who might be collaborate, collaborators for them in different swim right. lanes and develop and foster those relationships. I have some people that have reached out, like I mentioned, like the fractional CFOs and others, and they said, hey, can we just talk? every quarter for 15 minutes. I said, absolutely. So we just have a quick touch base on the calendar. It, mm -hmm. it gives us a reminder of each other and, and can we provide any leads back and forth? Um, so that's another idea. And I think also pe some people are more comfortable with writing. Some people are more comfortable with speaking, public speaking, others hate it. So find what you find your strengths and be honest with yourself about your strengths. Cause you know, like we've been talking about John, the consistency is really important. So if you hate writing, you're not going to commit to writing blog articles because right. you hate it. Well, well, what are some solves? Maybe you can find um, someone to help you with that. And that's <laughs> something I've had to really um, get comfortable with because I am a very hands-on marketer. I'm very comfortable with it, whether it's writing or speaking, I didn't have anyone helping me. And as you can imagine, that becomes overwhelming. And eventually I did get some help. So that's the other thing I would say to people is, look, either go in the direction where if you want to do it personally, where you know you're going to enjoy it mm -hmm. so that you can do it and deliver it in a great way. And if not, get some help or just, you know, put yourself where you can really shine. So that's great. That's great. So if people want to collaborate with you, First of all, I, is that something you would uh, embrace? Uh, and if so, how would they how would they contact you? I would love for people to reach out for collaboration ideas. A hundred percent would welcome that. Yeah, there's a variety of ways you can reach me. If you want to send me an email directly, I can share my email address. Okay, absolutely. L Barkman at small dot big dot com. So it's small d. -O -T. Small dot big is all one word. Yep, and that's all spelled out. And then my website, of course, if you want to check it out, smalldotbig.com. And also on LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn fan. Use it all the time. And you can absolutely connect with me on LinkedIn. If you do send me a note there, please mention that you heard me on John's show, on the BEI show here. And it would be great to know that. And uh, yeah, direct message me. You're very welcome to do that. And, and of course, I want to encourage you to listen to Succession Stories podcast. And, and share any ideas or feedback that you have. Yeah, that's a great podcast. Well, that's why we plan. So, Lori, thank you very much. This was wonderful. Um, we'll keep on talking. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Receive access to case studies, podcasts like the one you're listening to now, a resource toolkit, and so much more. 
Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership.